T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Hello, world. Actually, just the Commanders fans, the Commander universe. Look, free agency has started. Most of the NFL is off with the bang. The Commanders have been very conservative so far in free agency. Uh, so we're going to get deep into that tonight. But first, we want to say hello to everybody listening on audio platforms. What's happening? If you are watching us on YouTube, how are you? Uh, man, we got some shout outs to do. Shout out to Eric and Brian, as usual. Those guys are ready to rip it up for you tonight. Let's uh, go. Hello, hello. Johnny right, we... Simpson style back in the day. <laughs> Johnny Simpson. Remember. That's Ray right. Ray Hill. What's up? <laughs> also, shout out to uh, our guy, uh, DJCWFT on Twitter. Uh, he's a good dude. He's a good follow. Go check him out. Kick it with him. He has a lot of good comments. This podcast today is brought to you by Sugar-Free Water. Eric, that's also known as? Water. Water. <laughs> Drink plenty of it. It's healthy for you. You need it. All right. It's got electrolytes. <laughs> We're going to kick it off here. Um, because like I said, you know, free agency is underway. I know a lot of Commanders fans are really, really underwhelmed with what Washington has done so far. Um, Brian, talk to me a little about what they've done. Um, and where you feel like they've missed out on opportunities so far. Okay, so the commanders have been very, very quiet when it comes to uh, this free agency period. And all we've done so far is just kind of re-sign our, some of our own guys. So everybody's favorite free safety, Bobby McCain, signed back for uh, two years, $11 million. What that means is he is your starting safety. Thoughts of Honey Badger and anybody else that uh, we, uh, we, you know, we could have thought of. Justin Reed, who actually signed with the Chiefs. Uh, they're not coming here. Bobby McCain is your starter for the foreseeable future, uh, unless uh, you know we draft uh, somebody uh, else. Um, Tim Settle, defensive tackle, somebody who was a rotational piece, gone. He left us uh, for Buffalo. Matt Ioannidis, cap reasons, cut. He's gone. So we're down to just Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as our defensive tackles, which is uh, not a bad thing. We need to see more of those guys. Getting those guys 30, 40 snaps a game isn't going to do it. If they're the main guys, we got to see them play. Eric Flowers cut. Um, that was a, a little bit of a curveball, a little bit out of left field. Um, apparently, uh, contractual uh, reasons. They uh, couldn't come together on a deal, so they're cut. But then we bring in Andrew Norwell, uh, who signed today, a 30-year-old guard. Of course, he's from Carolina. Uh, Eric talked to us about him uh, a few pods ago. Um, he's 30 years old. He's played in this system. He should be able to perform well. Um, and then the rest of the guys, Cam Sims re-signed for a one-year deal. Everybody's favorite special teamer, Troy Aki, is back on another one-year deal. Um, J.D. McKissick, an important piece who for – Maybe about a day, we thought we lost to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo offered him a two-year, $7 million deal. Uh, and as far as we knew, he took it. Uh, the following day, McKissick uh, got offered by the team who matched that offer, and he's back now, uh, which is a really good thing because our offense uh, really desperately needed him down the stretch uh, last season as uh, all the big plays stopped once he got hurt. So good to have him uh, back. Uh, and But that's it. Free safety, uh, middle linebacker were two big areas of needs uh, that, uh, you know, we thought uh, may be addressed uh, in free agency. We still have some more time in free agency, so we'll see if maybe a mid-level uh, vet is something that we go after for middle linebacker, uh, maybe an additional free safety uh, piece for depth. But uh, with Bobby McCain coming back, he will be the starter. But middle linebacker is probably the biggest area of need, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, with Bobby Wagner, maybe they go after him, or maybe they're just waiting for Bobby uh, Bobby Wagner to sign, and then uh, some of the guys who are kind of uh, jammed up behind him, waiting for him to get his deal. Maybe we catch one of those guys. But I want to ask you guys something. This offseason, uh, for so many reasons, is important, but you have two players who are on the last year of their deals and who either need to get extended or we got to trade them because if we don't, they're going to leave here again 
and we're not going to get anything but a comp pick, just like Brandon Sheriff, uh, Sheriff uh, left us. Deron Payne is in the last year of his deal. Terry McLaurin is in the last year of his deal. Do these guys get re-signed at some point, or do they uh, they just play us and walk? So I think uh, – so Deron Payne, I know a lot of people expect him to get signed. I just don't see how you do that. And I say that because of this. I, I think, number one, if Carson Wentz plays well and you want to continue forward with him, are you going to keep him at that same cap number? And is he going to be happy at that 20, what, $28 million cap number? Whatever it is. I don't know what it is going forward, but I think it's 20 something million every year until the deal is done. Um, so you're going to have to pony up with him at some point, probably. If and, and the way Ron's talking, it sounds like Carson Wentz is a guy for the next several years, right? Um, so we have Dean Lyman out the wazoo at this point. Uh, even though we got rid of, we lost two guys. You still have Chase Young. You have Montez Sweat. You're going to have to pay both of those guys. Uh, I think Montez is next year. So you can't pay all this money to the D-line. So I think Payne is going to have to be the one that doesn't get a long-term deal from us, unfortunately. But that's another guy we're probably going to lose for nothing. Now, uh, Terry McLaurin, you have to sign this guy. You have to sign him. And you have to do it before it gets ugly. And the problem with waiting to the last year of the deal is that those negotiations get really, 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 really ugly, right? Because then you have to talk about, well, the player says they value themselves with this, and the team has to tell them why they're not of that value, right? And those, those conversations are never positive conversations to have. I would love for them just to come to the table with a tremendous deal and say, hey, here's what we think you're worth. You've done so much for us. You put up for so much or put up with so much from us. The lack of quarterback play, you put your body on the line. We're going to reward you for that because we want you to be a commander for life. Why are we having this conversation? Why are we not already celebrating the extension, in my opinion? Eric, what about you? Well, I think the extension is coming. I think a big reason why we haven't been – there's a couple of reasons I think this team hasn't been active in free agency. Um, one being uh, I'm thinking they're playing the compensatory pick game. Um, I think they would rather collect picks next year since they gave up picks for Wentz. Um, you're going to get a couple. Uh, you're going to probably get a third rounder for Brandon Sheriff. Um, I don't know. Settle may, may land you a, a, a late rounder. Um, so I think they're playing that game. I think they've also, you know, the cap space clearing moves they've made in recent days, most likely is to make way, uh, for some sort of a deal, either extend, either extending Wentz or extending Terry, which I think they're trying to do, uh, and potentially, uh, extending Deron Payne. Um, I know the extension money doesn't actually kick in until next year. Um, and it's a long off season for, for Terry and, and for Payne to get extended. And I think at least one of those two will happen, most likely Terry McLaurin. Although Christian Kirk probably blew up the wide receiver market last week with signing for that much money from Jacksonville. So, I mean, I think, you know, whatever they were talking about with Terry, they got to add like $4 million to it most likely. Uh, because, yeah, it's going to be – it could get ugly. I don't know. I, I just think too highly of McLaurin as a person to let it get to that point. Yeah. And to Rivera. Um but, you know, I think something does need to get done this offseason for him. I, I would feel much more comfortable going into the season with, with Terry McLaurin under like a three- or four-year extension. Um, and, again, it's not my money, so you can pay him whatever you want. So, yeah, I think that's that's part of the reason uh, we haven't really brought anybody in. I don't know how many more free agents we, we will bring in. I think middle linebacker is a huge one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, Bobby Wagner's still out there. Bobby Wagner is excellent, but he's also over 30 and really expensive. And I can see the hesitation in signing him. Uh, I wouldn't be upset if he were on this team, but I'm not going to be one of those guys that's out there stumping for him because I can totally see why you wouldn't sign him. He's really expensive for his age, and you just don't know how. He hasn't shown any sort of a drop-off that I've seen recently, uh, but you don't know how much longer he can maintain that high level of play at age 31. So it's, I'd be a little wary of that. Uh, I think he's – past the point in his career where a one-year deal is going to work for him. Um, he's too good for that, too. So I don't think that's going to work out here. Terran Bethu, I'm not interested in. Uh, he will make big plays in the secondary, but he's also a lot. He, he also gives up a lot. He's a liability in the run game. So I think McCain is probably the better way to go over him. Uh, as boring as McCain is, I think he's, he knows the defense, and he's a little bit better against the run at least. Uh, and he's been here for a year, so maybe so maybe that'll get better. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement. Uh with Terry, something's got to get done by training camp or during training camp uh, this offseason for him. Deron Payne, I, 
I, I really see that going the way of Brandon Scherf. So I think that's just going to be the same thing. He's going to say he wants to be here. Negotiations will go nowhere. He will probably leave us. And, Ali, I think you're right. Uh, this front office is slow to jump on these contract negotiations, uh, extensions, all of it. They wait till the last minute, and then it bites us. Or they uh, try to play off the, uh, oh, well, we'll change their mind because we'll have a 12-4 and season or 12-5 and season, and uh, maybe Brandon Scherf will come back to us. Um, you, you can't wait on these things. You have to be proactive. You have to push now. You have to get these deals done uh, before they come back and bite you and or the player says, you know what, you're not interested, so I'm going to head to free agency. So um, we still got a couple more uh, days in free agency, and hopefully uh, they uh, address a couple of those uh, areas, uh, in particular middle linebacker. Hopefully they get a, a body, a professional there, uh, somebody who's got a little bit of talent. But if you think about it, I think we're sitting at about 18 million in cap space right now. You know, five million of that is reserved for the draft. Five yeah. to seven million is reserved for the draft, depending on where your picks are. Um, and, but and some of that is going to be allocated to um, the guard we got, right? Noel, we don't know how much he's getting paid. Hopefully, it's less than five million dollars a year. You know, five to seven million. But then, if you take that, that's 12 million combined with the draft picks, right? So now you really back to six million dollars in cap room that's why we haven't said we haven't signed anybody yeah. the money's not there to do it and i started thinking to myself why are we in this position if our roster is not a top-end talent roster in the nfl right you know all these other teams that are competing for super bowls are signing guys of high caliber talent and high contracts i'm like why why are we not able to do this um and i did some digging and i want to kind of work with this or work through this with you guys so one of the things that I noticed was Washington has about 12 players who are making $5 million or more, right? Um, we have one player that's over $20 million. That's Carson Wentz, and he's at about $30 million. We have five players making 3 to $5 million. We have five players making 2 to $2.9 million. And then we have eight players making 1 to $1.9 million. Why is that relevant? Contracts like Troy Apke. Why is that? You could replace that with a rookie all day. A seventh-round rookie could give you the special teams effort um, that you're going to get from Troy Apke for much, much less, right? And you know, a bunch of non-guaranteed money probably wouldn't even count towards your top 51 contracts that do count against your salary cap, right? Um, so let's look at a team like the Rams. The Rams have 10 players over $5 million. Remember, our number was 12. Um, they have one player making 3 to $5 million. Our number was 5. They have four players making two to two point nine million. Our number was five, and then they have eleven players making one to one point nine million dollars. We had eight. So what that tells you is they they are really focusing at the top end of their roster, right? And their rotational guys are not getting paid as much as our rotational guys are. Part of that problem is it's hard to differentiate, different, excuse me, differentiate between our rotational players and our starters because the talent gap isn't that wide, right? And that's why part of the reason why we're not that competitive, but um, we're bringing in a lot of guys that are backups, but might also compete for starter roles. And we're kind of paying them that blended salary rather than having definitive backup guys. I'll give you a good example. We brought in Cornelius Lucas a couple of years ago, right? And, uh, you know, we have guys like that on our line. We just paid uh, Leno, Charles Leno. Um, I don't know that Charles Leno starts on 32 teams in the NFL, but we have a lot of tweener guys that were paying more than they should be paid or they would be paid on other rosters. I'll give you one more example. Baltimore, right? Baltimore's always in contention. They have 10 players over 5 million. They have one player at 20 million. It's 23 million. That's Lamar Jackson, as you would expect, right? 10 players over 5 million, eight players at three to 5 million. Our number three to 5 million was five. Uh, we have, they have five players at two to 3 million. Our numbers was five. They have 11 players at one to 1.9 million. Again, our number was eight. Teams are are really filling out the bottom of their roster with guys who don't cost much. And our bottom of the roster towards that 51 that do count against a cap are paid at a higher salary level than other teams are, which is eating into our cap space. You know what I mean? So it's, it's about roster management and what we're paying. And then you have to look at how much more value are we getting from our 42nd player right, then let's say a Baltimore is getting from the, who they're paying $800,000 to, but we might be paying $1.7 million to. You know what I mean? It's contracts like that. It's not the top end of the roster for us. Granted, Carson Wentz was a wrench in that, 
But quarterbacks cost money. That's okay. You should be able to absorb that. We're getting lost in that mid to low mid-tier sauce of contracts. And our money's being evaporated by players like that rather than having late round draft picks fulfill those roles of our deep backups, right? Your third, fourth, fifth, you know, rotational guys. So just something I noticed when I was looking through the data online. Now, do you think that, uh, I mean, I got to imagine our front office um, salary cap uh, guy, Rob Rogers, is aware of these things. I, we got to imagine this is a choice, right? They're choosing to pay some of these guys this amount. It, it could be the bad team tax, right? Like no one wants to come to Washington. I may have to pay you a couple extra dollars to get you here. And that may even trickle down to some of the bottom end of the the roster type guys. Um, do you think it's that or you just you think it's a, a they approach salary cap differently than, um, you know, uh, uh, the Rams or Chargers or somebody like that? I think on the whole – uh, we do it wrong. and I, Like we talked about before, we're waiting too long to negotiate contracts with players. I do think, it, which ends up ultimately costing you more money in the long run, right? I do think that we do pay a bad team tax to get guys to come here. But I also think that um, we're not identifying needs in, in, in draft picks. Here's a good example too. What are we getting from Antonio Gandy-Golden? We haven't gotten anything in from him. Hey, that's your baby. Well, it is. That's my dude, right? But he's, he's been here. Rookie. This, this is his third deal. year, right? Yeah. Going in the league, he's making eight hundred and ninety something thousand dollars for a guy we have two catches from in his entire career. Why is he here? You can get those two catches and no special teams play from a seventh round draft pick wide receiver. Do you see what I mean? It's things like that that we hang on to to try to make sure that guys develop. Um, we had three quarterbacks on the roster last year. I think all of them were making over a couple of million dollars. I don't remember what. Um, I shouldn't say that because I, I haven't looked at Kyle Allen's deal number last year, but I think it was above a couple hundred grand because he's been in the league for a little while now. So it's it's a combination of things. I don't think we're really managing the cap as well as we should be when it comes to that, like I said, the lower tier players so on the roster. Question for you on that, on those numbers you're looking at, is that salary or is that cap hit? Uh, it's It's – because cap hit is a different story. Because if it's salary, I mean, you can push that. If it's cap hit, you can push that down the road. So no, no. if you've got I'm, guys that yes. are a $25 million cap hit, that's an issue. If you've got bottom of the roster guys that are $2 million cap hits, that's a problem. But if their salary is that, whatever, uh, was, it's you know, yes. non-guaranteed money. That's cap number. That is absolutely yeah. cap number, um, okay. the numbers that I gave you. Okay. And, and Well, here's the other thing, too, that I noticed. We don't do a good job of converting because this is how teams get around the cap. They convert salary to bonus, right? Yeah. And and we don't do a good enough job of that. But you know why? Because we have a lot of one and two year guys. It's hard to yeah. do that when you have one and two year guys. That's a strategy at the top of the at the top of the food chain there. That's just averse to pushing the pushing it down the road because teams like the Rams and what uh, the Patriots have been doing, what I think Buffalo is doing, and now is they're kind of pushing – they're just moving their cap problems. And you can do that forever. It's not like that's a, a bad yeah. thing. You know, it's not like, the, you know, you'll just like one year just have a terrible year and blow up your cap. Uh, some teams do that. But, um, you know, they're just pushing it and they're pushing it down the road. And you end up – you know, you keep doing that and you end up with what Atlanta's dealing with with Matt Ryan now where he's got a, you know, $48, $42 million cap hit. Um, so, it, I mean, it, that can come back to bite you. And I think I, the Rams, I have no idea how they're doing all this. Because they just they're just signing everybody. They just brought in who you know, Allen Robinson. They just brought in today. They gave him thirty million dollars guaranteed. I don't it's know what bonus. sort of like black magic they've got going on there, um, but good for them. It's uh, bonus money, but that's, I just that's yeah. How doing it. yeah. And depth is uh, is the other issue. You know, um, some of those bottom of the roster guys. I think like you 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 have uh, can you absorb a major injury to one of those guys that you're paying all that money to? Um, if you're, you know, you've got seventh round backups and I know the Rams aren't putting any draft picks out there because they don't have any draft picks. So I don't know what the Rams are doing, but good for them. They figured it out. They've got, they've got things figured out. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes to it. I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's just the strategy that we have. I think we're just averse to pushing money down the road. We'd like to have, they want cap flexibility every year uh, so they can go out and trade for Carson Wentz, take a $28 million <laughs> cap hit right away. I mean, whatever, and it's fine. It's off the books next year. If they don't, you know, restructure it, good for them. Uh, that's just well, the strategy that they're using. So they're still looking for the future. But I don't think that's a strategy that's going to win you a championship unless you nail 
unless you nail your drafts and unless you nail the guys that you're paying that money to. Um, I just don't think that, you know, I think right now the way it's working in the NFL is you got to go get it. You got to pay for it and worry about the money later. Um, and I don't think we're doing that. So I don't think we're in contention for a championship in the next few years just because of that reason. Like I said, unless Carson Wentz just turns into, a, a you know, a renaissance at, at age 30, if he can, you know, turn into a great quarterback, top 10 quarterback, maybe we get there, but uh, we'll see. I think the other problem that uh, really ties them up, one is this, you know, philosophy that they're approaching salary cap with, but they're in action when, you know, a player doesn't perform, keeping him around and keeping, you know, continuing to pay him, get rid of him. If you have a guy that you're not utilizing, or if you have a guy that's not performing, get rid of him. We were still trying to, um, you know, with Landon Collins, that, we, we should have taken care of that even from before this season uh, in terms of uh, him being on the roster or him having a large, uh, you know, role uh, within the team. And even still now we're, we're, we're still trying to bring back, uh, you know, Troy Apke. And while I like Cam Sims, you could have easily moved on from Cam Sims yeah. for somebody else who could have helped you in some other area, right? You could have said, you know what, those two guys, we're going to not go after you two and maybe push that towards um, maybe a, a better middle linebacker uh, in free agency that we should go and get. Um, but they, they hang on to these guys to the very bitter end and it costs them because they end up not performing and they end up costing you more money. Uh, so I, there is several things, but I think, you know, Ron's kind of uh, paralysis of uh, not wanting to uh, give up on a guy and I get it. Hey, that's an admirable trait in a coach. I want to make sure I can give this guy every opportunity to succeed, but he's got to recognize faster when something's not working. It's not working, right? Heineke, we watched him play all those games last year. I, I don't know about you guys. I didn't need to see all 17 games of him to know he was a backup. Uh, but, you know, Ron did. He needed to see all 17 games uh, to, to know that he was a backup. Uh, and, and many other players uh, that we see here. But uh, he's got to get faster at kind of identifying these issues and doing something about them, making some kind of plan to correct them, whether it's salary cap or just uh, some of the player evaluation as well, too. And, it, and I, we put this out on Twitter. And I'm going to say it here as well. If you haven't noticed, the NFL is starting to become very similar to the NBA, where teams are buying talent, collecting top-tier talent, sneaking it under the salary cap, and those are the teams that are in contention every single year. So our conservative approach to free agency, at some point, that philosophy is going to have to change if we're going to really, really compete. A couple of contracts that I think, you know, that, to your point and to what I was saying earlier. Here's an example. Sadiq Charles. What have we gotten from Sadiq Charles since he's been here? Next to nothing. He's getting a million dollars this year. Uh, his cap number would be 400000 if we cut him, and you'd save about $695,000. Um, that adds up, though. David Mayo, a million dollars. If you cut him, it's one hundred fifty grand. You get $895,000 back. So if you cut both those players, you're saving almost $2 million, right? Um, Alex Arma. Who is this guy? $920,000 against the cap. If you cut him, it costs you twenty five grand. You save uh, $895,000 against the cap. These moves like this. These guys don't contribute whatsoever. You can fill these in with young rookies and draft picks, unsigned free agent draft guys. Well, Sadiq Charles might be your swing guard this year. So, yeah. So, you what? cut him, you're down to two guards on the roster. I'm just saying, you're down to two guards on the roster, and you got to go find, you got to go trust a rookie to be your swing guard. Sadiq Charles don't play anyway. He gets yeah, hurt. because, well, if the guards get hurt, he plays. When? <laughs> he, yeah. he gets hurt himself. Every yeah, time but, he's on the field, he gets hurt. But he doesn't have the type of ability that we're talking about, like, to even argue about. Like, he's he's a he's a dude. He's man, just a, you guys. You guys are brutal tonight. A couple of yeah. savages on here with me. <laughs> My now, I see the is. point of keeping. I mean, you know, a million-dollar cap hit isn't bad for a, for a swing guard who could very well play. Now, if he gets beaten out in training camp by some rookie, I was wrong. That's fine. But um, – you know, they seem to like him. They seem to like what he can contribute if, and like I said, they just let their top two guards go. Uh, so they're down to their, you know, backup guard last year and a new guy who's 30 years old who could very well get injured, even though he started like 111 out of 112 games in his career. <laughs> I think if you, you know, look his, if you look at Sadiq Charles and like Keith Ishmael, uh, I think that's how you say his last name. Um, it it took like four starters or four other guys before to get hurt before they got into the game. Right. And if you look at him from that standpoint, then 
that whatever he's giving you isn't anything better than maybe another guy off the street or a potential sixth, fifth, seventh round. Um, yeah, Ishmael, uh, I'm with you on because mm-hmm. Tyler Larson, they just re-signed. Right. Tyler Larson's your backup center, and he did well last year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ishmael, I think Ishmael's like a center guard guy, so mm-hmm. so maybe he's got that flexibility. I don't know. I'm not a big Ishmael guy. I mean, Sadiq Charles, I see the value in um, personally. Plus, some of the film guys have said he's done a pretty good job. You know, when he's been in, I don't know. I don't know enough about guard play to tell you, you know, how good he's been, uh, or even remember honestly when he was on the field. But he's right as of right now, he's your number three guard. Yeah, and he was supposed to be kind of that number one guy to come off the bench, you know, when he came in in that third round, and he just hasn't been able to do it. I mean, to me, those are the guys that you replace quickly. Try to upgrade, constantly upgrade them because, hey, if your depth isn't any good, then what's the point? If he's just going to be, you know, so-so, then uh, you can always upgrade so-so. You can always take a chance that uh, the next six-round guard out of uh, LSU is uh, just as good. Yeah. Yeah, he's still on a rookie contract, though, too. This is the last year, though, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's on his rookie deal, so I don't, you know, know that if he doesn't, you know, he, I don't know that he sticks around next year. But I mean, if you're talking about using young guys, I mean, he, you've got he, he's still on his rookie deal. I think Ishmael's still on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So, or Ishmael, they might have tendered just now because he's like a restricted free agent. I don't see the point of that. Uh, but whatever. Um, yeah, I see your point about freeing up cap space. I just I don't know how interested they are in out in in in. Uh, in free agency, like, you know, bringing guys in this year, I really do think they're playing like the compensatory big game. I think that I really believe from, from what I've seen, what they've done thus far in free agency, I really believe that Rivera believes that this team really is a quarterback away because that's the major move he made was, was getting Carson Wentz. And he's pretty much bringing the rest of the offense back the two guards, notwithstanding. Um, I'm not sure what happened with flowers. I mean, I think we all can agree. Sheriff was gone. There was no way they were going to pay him that much money again yeah. for you know 10 11 games but the flowers thing i'm thinking maybe flowers didn't want to restructure he didn't want to, i don't know what he or it, it was the uh, pay cut i don't yeah. know but that, that was weird um i don't get it uh but uh norwood norwell is uh he was cut wasn't he he wasn't like a free agent i thought wasn't he released by jacksonville yeah they had yeah. signed he had signed with jacksonville in free agency to a yeah. deal and i think he played out most of it yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a year left or two years, and uh, then they just cut him. So. Yeah, they released him. So, again, that doesn't count against the comp pick strategy because it's the only thing right. they've done is they traded and they picked up somebody that was cut. So they're not – They're. Tr- I mean, I really, it feels like they're trying to play that compensatory pick game. I don't know how, like, valuable that is. I know I know they are losing a third-rounder next year, potentially a second-rounder, so you get that back, uh, so which is really a fourth-rounder. Um, yeah. It, it's, but, it's like we have the uh, the the people in our front office doing the extreme couponing, and then the yeah. Rams the Rams have like the guys from Enron like changing like, everything in their uh, accounting, and like we think that yeah, but we're yeah. So everybody's worried about salary cap. We're worried about compensatory picks. That's that's how we're doing it. So we're exactly. we're gonna dominate the league in uh, fourth round picks that are really fifth round picks. But you uh, know what, Eric? I'm I'm glad you're saying this, and I'm I'm gonna come back to you for what Ron's overall plan is. Um, but think about it this way. Instead of letting Sheriff walk, if we had traded him a season before, we wouldn't be talking about compensatory picks for a guy like that. If, if we would have traded other guys that we just let Tim settle, Tim settle, we could have gotten something for that guy. Right. Um, rather than just well, you say that, but like Fletcher Cox just got cut. So could we have gotten Cox, something for though. settle. How old is Fletcher Cox? It doesn't how you you can't put Fletcher Cox. I liked him subtle, but you cannot put him in the same sentence with Fletcher Cox. So they could so Philly couldn't trade Fletcher Cox. So you're telling me that we I mean, maybe we could have got a seventh rounder, but maybe we'll get a seventh round comp pick for him. So I don't. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. And like Sheriff two years ago, even he was making 15 million dollars two years ago. Somebody going to pay for an injured guard that makes 15 million dollars. He had way more value to this team than he did to any anybody else. My, we could not have gotten value for him. Uh, I don't know that we could have even traded him on the on the deal that he was on because he was only he's on the franchise title the last two years. I disagree because yeah. Fletcher Cox has a has a contract, right? Uh, uh, his base salary for this year was a fourteen million dollar cap hit. Okay. Tim Settle's not coming with the fourteen million dollar cap hit. Yeah, you but if, if you trade Fletcher Cox, you're not taking a fourteen million dollar cap hit. Philly's going to take some of that. Because some of that is going to be that's going to be bonus money that was that's already been paid to him. 
So you're going to pay salary for this year. So what was the salary supposed to be this year? That's what you're on the hook for if you're paying. So what's that? Six, seven million. There's a million plus. Huh? There's a million plus. A million plus. So you're taking a million dollar cap hit because 13 million of that 14 million has already been paid to Fletcher Cox. So Fletcher Cox had a million dollar cap hit or Tim Settle. Yeah, you're taking Tim Settle. Mike drop. Tim Settle is super young. He's it doesn't matter. He's Fletcher Cox. The the better example, though, and I said this on Twitter before last season started, and people were like, no, that's crazy. It's dumb. Was the Cincinnati Bengals. Even before then, the Cincinnati Bengals were going into last season. Burrow hurt, was hurt. He played, what, six games? And I think he got hurt in the game that we played him um, in 2020. I think that was uh, the game that he went out. Um, so he had played six games. This is your franchise here. And his rookie year is now severe uh, knee injury. I would have traded uh, Brandon right then and there to them because they needed for two years, they needed help and they ignored it until this off season. Um, and he, they he, clearly he, weren't interested in upgrading their line. If they didn't go get him help last year. And, and, and I mean, now they are, but I don't know why they didn't go after Brandon this year, but I mean, they clearly did. They well, thought their line was good enough to protect Burrow, even though they got his leg destroyed. Right, right. And I think people, you know, think, oh, well, I have to get a first round pick or else it's not worth it. Well, you know, what's not worth it. A, uh, you know, a lousy comp pick that you get. If you can get, you know, a third and a fifth, that's still better. That's additional players that you can now bring in who, um, you know, you can use it, whatever position or, you know. What's the third? What was the third and fifth round pick? What did we spend those on when we got those for? uh, Trent Williams. We got Cheeseman and what? Sadiq Charles. Sadiq Charles. No, it wasn't Sadiq. It, was it, it Sadiq? Was, yes. I thought it was, yeah. Okay. So it was a fourth and I don't know what it was, but yeah, Sadiq Charles and Cheeseman. So that's what that's what you're going for. Well, that's that's what what you're going for pick evaluation. <laughs> yeah, they've got to get better I mean, at that, you know, but they should have never but picked it's the same guys though. So what's gonna happen? I don't know, man. We can agree to disagree on this. Well, we will because we gotta yeah. move on. Yeah. Eric, take us through uh, what Ron's overall plan is. I'm gonna going get destroyed in the Twitters tomorrow. <laughs> Ron's Which plan, one? yeah. Ron's plan. I, I, I kind of touched on it earlier. I really think that he he saw what I saw last year, and that there was like probably I say there was like six games that were decided by bad quarterback play. But it, I'm not saying that we would have won all six. But if you look at like the the Chargers game, the Packers game, the Broncos game, both Philly games, and probably the first Dallas game. With better quarterback play, we would have had – I mean, we were in a lot of those games to begin with. A better quarterback could have put us over the top on this. So if you can go three and three in those games, that puts you at 10 and seven. So I really think that Ron believes that a quarterback is what this team needed, and I think he's trying to keep it together uh, to build around a quarterback, to put that – and I think they're – I do think they're going to make some more free agent moves, but they're going to wait a couple of days, and they're going to do bargain shopping like they've done the past two years. Uh, it worked out for them a couple of years ago. It didn't work out so well last year with the guys they signed, but that seems to be the strategy. I think that's what they're going to do. Um, so you're going to see them kind of put guys in. I think you'll see your middle linebacker come from that uh, not so great pool that's you know of guys that are left after uh, um, Bobby Bobby Wagner goes off the market. Um, you know you'll see that. I don't really like that strategy. I would really like to have like an impact player at middle linebacker. Uh, I disagree with Ellie, though. I think that I would I would not have a problem drafting another linebacker in the first round this year if, like, N'Kobe Dean is there or something um, because, you know, we're not going to draft a middle linebacker two years in a row, but the guy we drafted last year is clearly not a middle linebacker, so <laughs> we, we still need one. So we can't – I would rather have him than, I think, you know, some of those free agent guys. Um, but I do – I think that, yeah, he's going to rely heavily on bargain basement shopping and he's going to, you know – try to draft wisely. I think I do see another wide receiver coming in probably in the draft. Um, another There's running back uh, potentially now that they brought back JD, I think you can still replace uh, uh, what's number three. Yeah, Jared Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, I Patterson. think you can still upgrade Patterson because, uh, you know, he, he was good enough last year. I just, I don't know. I think you can do better if you need somebody, if Antonio Gibson were to go down, you needed like a workhorse. I don't know that Patterson's going to be that dude. Uh, so I think uh, running backs in order. I think they're going to fill out that spot, but I really think he's happy with what he has, and he's going to try to roll with it in 2022. Um, I'm just curious to see what they do with with Wentz's contract because there's been nothing on that. I think they're really just going to eat that cap hit and let yeah. him get you know. And if he's not any good this year, they're going to dump him and have you know 28 million dollars next year to spend on another quarterback that they trade. Ross, Baker Ross. Mayfield. 
today um, at the press conference with Wentz. Uh, they asked him about that, and he said that they're going to look at Wentz's contract uh, and see if um, there are some tweaks that they can make to it because he said they have a couple of guys that they would like to extend over the summer. Uh, mm-hmm. and some of their, um, you know, he didn't he didn't say anything specific, but he said if we've got a couple of guys we want to keep um, that are that are our guys, uh, we want to do that over the summer. So. We'll, uh, you know, we we may take a look at uh, his contract. So certainly something possible that uh, sounds like yeah. they, they they may do. I would have already done did that personally. Yeah. I mean, because that's I mean, you could even so it's, you know, 14 million dead cap next year. If he doesn't work out, if you just split it in half, spread it out over two years, you get 14 million in cap space this year and a dead cap hit next year. And then if you want to post June 1st of next year, it's even better. Um, so, yeah, I think. But yeah, I think he really believes in Wentz. Um, and I think I, I've seen the Twitter, the Twitterverse kind of coming around on Wentz too. You yeah. guys notice that people are really yeah. starting to like not be as angry. Not Brian, <laughs> Brian, so <laughs> one eighty. <laughs> Brian ain't on, but a lot of those guys, yeah, people are coming around on. Them. I need, I need Wentz to show me first. Like I, I, I fell for the press conference one too many times over the years. Like yeah. the press conference ain't fooling me this time. So yeah. I'm gonna need to see it uh, in these games. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not. I'm gonna. I, I was not as. I was. You know, my initial reaction to the trade was, "What the bleep?" Yeah. Uh, then I calmed down. <laughs> I got a little bit more pragmatic by the time we went on the air last week. Uh, and I'm. You know, I'm still kind of. I'm. Yeah, pragmatic is my word. I'm just. I want to see. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt until he's terrible. Uh, but if he is terrible, I'm gonna hate him. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, as far as Ron's plan, that's that looks like what it is. It's like we're gonna roll with the crew we had last year, and try to do better now with a quarterback. What do you guys think about because uh, uh, Eric's right. Ron believes that this team is ready to roll now. We were just missing that vet QB. Do you do you think he's he he's right or you think he's just way off base? I I think so. I'm gonna call him run it back Ron because he likes to run it back, right? <laughs> it's like um, run, it, run it back Ron. I'm not gonna back. say that he's right or wrong. I'm gonna say that I see his point. Like I see where he's coming from, like I understand what he's doing. I'm not sure he's exactly right on that i think there are definitely areas that we could improve on this team uh, besides quarterback i think quarterback is a big part of it i'm not 100 sure Wentz is that guy but i do see where he's coming from he looks at last year and he looks at how close the games were with heineke and i think he believes that we can actually make some noise especially with the schedule being allegedly a little weaker but it never it never works out that way but on paper it's a weaker schedule um you got to play the nfc south which is going to have Deshaun watson and uh Oh, by the way, the Colts, you still think that wasn't an ownership decision with the Colts? Because oh, they have was. no plan whatsoever to replace Carson Wentz. It definitely so was. if you think that was if yeah. you think that was a Chris Ballard was totally on board with this and the coach was totally on board with this, they have no plan to replace him. They're like, we hope we get whoever the quarterback that Deshaun Watson displaces is going to be our guy. That seems to be their plan. Uh, and it's a bad plan. So I really think that that was an ownership-driven decision. Plus, all the all the teammates that came out last week and were like, "Yeah, we love that guy. That guy was awesome." Yeah. So we'll see. But I, I don't I don't believe that I don't believe that athletic article uh, or yeah the athletic article. Was, I think it was very much a uh, an ownership uh, endorsed piece. Let's put it that way. I think uh, you know in response to your question, Brian. Uh, I think that it depends on what the measuring stick is. And my concern with Ron is his measuring stick is way too low. I think his measuring stick is, can we get to the playoffs? That shouldn't be the goal ever for you going into a season. It should always be Super Bowl. Are we a quarterback away from making the playoffs? Absolutely. We can, Eric pointed it out. There were games we left on the table all over the place last year because of the quarterback situation. Um, now, you could also make the argument that we were an improved defense away from making the playoffs too, right? You could make the argument that we're a commitment to the run game away from making the playoffs. So there are other avenues to achieve that um, while not spending, you know, an exorbitant amount of money on the quarterback. Yes, I think Carson Wentz could make us a playoff team, but it would be uh, in the area of how the, the Eagles got into the playoffs last year, where you're kind of scoreboard watching at the end of the year to see what happens, right? Um I never buy into the strength of schedule argument because injuries happen. I'll give you a good example. When we played Seattle, um, which we all had as a loss for us, Russell Wilson had been out for like three weeks prior to, and he had a broken hand. You know what I'm saying? So 
that you know you got to adjust for things like that because you just don't know what's going to happen going into a season. So, um, yes, I think he's right about um, you know being a quarterback away, but I just think the goals are too low. And and now if we are we quarterback away from the Super Bowl, ask yourself that question. Absolutely not, right? We got some things to do there. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you guys. I, I think Ron's kind of suffering from the. Uh, I think he looks at things so specifically, right? If you look at our team and go. Hey, do, do we have two big athletic defensive ends? Yeah. Do we have uh, two interior uh, disruptors at defensive tackle? Yeah. Do we have a good offensive line? Yeah. Do we have a running back, a receiver, all those things. I think he, if he if he he looks at those and he says, yeah, well then yeah, we should be uh, a guy away, a quarterback away. But when you watch those pieces together inside the game, they don't look all that great. Like, you know, we, we performed how we performed and we got seven and ten uh, out of there. So I, I feel like he's, you know, maybe a little bit of a rose colored glasses that he's looking through when he looks at, uh, you know, what we actually have on there. Um, you know, we, we certainly do have pieces, but uh, I think we, we we need a lot more pieces to, uh, if we want to be in the NFC championship game and uh, eventual Super Bowl. It can't just be like, like what you said, Ellie. Just getting to the playoffs. Who who wants to get there and then get tossed in the in the first game or get uh, embarrassed thirty to nothing or something like that uh, in that first game? That you, you might as well not even have made it at that point. Um, so you know, I think uh, if we want to get into the playoffs and stay there, we've got more work that we need to do. For sure, but let's also remember, and this is to Ron's credit, or at least the the credit of his opinion. If Logan Thomas is healthy all year with Carson Wentz, we we all believe that's going to be a successful combination. If Chase Young comes back healthy and hungry, that makes a big difference in our defensive line, which then improves our secondary by proxy. So there are ways that we can get to a more improved state with just the quarterback. It's just how high can we go with that? Um, all right, Brian, I know you have some mailbag questions, and thank you to everybody who submitted them on Twitter. If you would like to submit some mailbag questions, get at us on Twitter at DeclassifiedWFT at Mr. Who One, that's two O's in that, and the number one, at E-T-R-O-D-4-2, or you can hit us at the email, wftdeclassified at gmail.com. Brian, question number one, let's go. Question number one uh, from Twitter, at DC19583. They are always commenting and liking posts. Um, they said, do you replace uh, Brandon Sheriff in the first round with Zion Johnson or get Wentz a weapon like Ohio State's wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Now we know uh, we signed Andrew uh, Norwell, so he's going to be uh, the sheriff replacement. But first round, are you guys going weapon with a receiver, or are we going uh, middle linebacker like Eric was mentioning earlier? Well, Noel is actually the Flowers replacement. He's a left guard. He's Flowers well, replacement. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Schweitzer is the sheriff replacement. Yes. yes, there you go. So I, I think – we're going to stick with Schweitzer at right guard. Um, so I, to answer that question, a shout out to the submitter of this question. I know he's, he's a really good dude. I think they're going to go based on what they've done this off season. They've done nothing at the middle linebacker position. I mean, nothing. So unless we make another move in the off season, it's almost like we have to go middle linebacker. They have other receivers. And I think that Ron believes in Diami still. I think Ron believes in Terry McLaurin. I, I think they believe in Cam Sims, even though they won't put him on the field. Um, but I think he also expects to run some two tight end personnel because that's what Wentz likes. So I don't know that we're going to make a big splash at wide receiver that early in the draft. I think it's definitely going to be middle linebacker unless something else happens during the offseason. I would agree, most likely middle linebacker. Uh, that's what I would do. Of course, it's going to depend on you know what's on the board. If I think if Dean's gone earlier than that i don't think he will be but uh if he has gone earlier than that you may look you may look elsewhere um but yeah i wouldn't i can't it wouldn't surprise me to see a wide receiver in the first round um but yeah i think i think middle linebacker based on how the offseason has gone thus far i think uh i think ron thinks he has his guy at quarterback and i think he's going to go get him a weapon and i really do like uh garrett wilson from ohio state um, and we don't know what's going to happen with Terry in that uh, extension. So get a, a weapon for Wentz and see what uh, what he can do. Next question. Um, our man uh, Les from Twitter. Uh, this goes to, with uh, Wentz coming in. What do you guys think uh, of Scott Turner? Will he be able to move or change or scheme the offense to help better fit Carson Wentz? 
Will he be able to get, you know, that production um, that we saw some uh, uh, Indy last year from Wentz? Will he be willing to change his offense, his plays to things that Wentz can do? I think Wentz can run the plays that he wanted to run last year. Um, I don't know how much he has to change his offense. I mean, other than maybe more like uh, two tight end personnel groups um, to get them out of, into into routes. Like I think, you know, if you look at a lot of what they ran last year, there was a lot of stuff downfield that they couldn't get to uh, just due to, to Taylor's, you know, limitations. And I think that Wentz, and it's one of the things I like about the trade is I think he is a good fit for this offense. Now, how quickly he can grasp it, I don't know, because this is like his first year outside of that Doug Peterson system. Uh, it's a new – it's a, it's a, the Coriel system, which has different, you know, naming and uh, route numbers and combos and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be quickly how quickly he can process it. But I don't know that Scott Turner really has to tweak his offense that much to fit Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is probably what he was looking for the type of quarterback he was looking for. Ellie, what you got? Scott Turner's offense is actually the cha-cha slide. You slide to the left, you slide to the right. I'm kidding. But I uh, I, I don't know because I think he has to, uh, you know, in disagreement with what Eric said. Everything I've seen, no matter who's been playing quarterback in this offense, has been sideways. Even in the preseason last year with Fitzpatrick in the game, Everything was going sideways. Everything was close. Everything was safe. Um, and you cannot be an offensive coordinator calling safe plays. A lot of what Taylor Heineke was able to do down the field was off script. You know what I mean? So if, if the offense that – now, Scott Turner is supposed to be an Eric Coriel guy, which is not a lateral offense. It's a vertical offense. So maybe there's some hope there. But he does have three additional years to figure that out based on contract extension that he signed. So I guess we'll see. Um, the, you know, uh, I, I think I, I probably lean more towards uh, uh, you, Ellie, when it comes to Turner and his offense. Um, he's, he's, he's shown a reluctance to make changes to how he calls plays. Again, he had to be told at uh, Tampa Bay, run the football. Uh, and he did for, you know, four weeks and then, kind of went back to it. I mean, we, we rolled out a guy, Garrett Gilbert, who had been on a practice squad, and we, we made him drop back 30 times instead of handing the football off uh, in that game. So, um, yeah, I think, I think he, 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 does, uh, he does need to uh, change and accommodate Carson with, uh, you know, things that he likes to do um, so we can make this thing uh, really work. Uh, Nathan Coleman on Twitter, um, he says, what are some of the underlooked positions that uh, we may draft uh, here in this upcoming draft? Interior, offensive line, edge rush, and uh, offensive tackle are a couple of his uh, thoughts. What do you guys think about that as being uh, maybe not some of the high-profile uh, spots that uh, we would focus on in the draft? Corner. Eric? I think cornerback. I think we take a cornerback. Um, and actually, <laughs> if uh, – No, first. actually – What's that? Would you take a corner in the first? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, the kid from LSU, can't think of his name. There's Stingley. There, yeah, Stingley is there at 13 or 11, wherever we pick. Um, absolutely, I would take a long, hard look at him. He's a very, very good corner. And I think uh, Ian Jackson with Fuller in the slot, uh, that could be a really nice combination. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, yeah, corner I think is definitely one that we're going to that we're gonna take a, a good, long, hard look at. Maybe long snapper too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cheeseman needs some competition. Yeah, uh, Ellie, who, who, what, uh, what's an underlooked position in the draft you think we may go at? I'm a hundred percent on board with Eric said. I think something that might surprise a lot of folks is if we do go DB round one. We took uh, Benjamin Saint Juice last year, and he had injury issues, concussion problems, and those weren't his first set of concussions. When I understand, so that's always a concern with a guy like that. Um, William Jackson III played, I think, below expectation last year. And then Fuller's not getting any younger. So um, I think adding a top-flight corner into that defensive rotation would help us quite a bit. Um, I do want to give Nathan Coleman's Twitter handle. He's a great follow. He has a lot of stats and information. It's at Commander's Stats. Make sure you check him out because he has a lot of good information out there on social media as well. And shout-out to Les as well. Absolutely. Uh, no, I agree with you guys. I think uh, that's a good one. Uh, cornerback is a uh, it's a 
no, we're in a passing league. We've got to be able to keep up with everybody else in our division, but also in the rest of the NFL. So having a, uh, a good, strong corner who can cover, that's always a good thing. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say edge rush. Yes, we have Chase. We have Montez. Chase is coming back off uh, ACL injury. And our pass rush was awful. I mean, Ron watched 17 weeks of awful pass rush. The only guy who brought it every week was Jonathan Allen. I mean, that that literally was it. Um, so this team needs pass rush. And just to think that, oh, Montez will turn on the, uh, the switch. Chase will turn on the switch or he'll be recovered from his injury. We don't know when that will be. We don't know if there's a, you know, a ramp up period for him. Uh, but the pass rush just wasn't there. So uh, will it be in the first round? Probably not. Second round? Probably not. But um, somewhere we're, we're, we're going to get uh, some more edge rush help because it, it's not James Smith Williams. It's not Boone me routine me um, or whoever else they have uh, back there that uh, Daniel wise. Uh, I do like Shaka Tony, but he doesn't play enough. Uh, so we have no idea. So I think edge rush on there. I think they should move him to linebacker anyway, still. That's just me, though. Shaka Tony. Oh, he should be an outside linebacker. That's just me, though. No, I can also see uh, James Smith-Williams moving inside a lot more next year, too. So there may be a slot open there. I think he can play because he mm-hmm. played some DT last year. Yep. Uh, and I can see him moving inside now with, with Ioannidis and Settle both already being gone. What do you guys think about, you know, we've got Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen now. Size-wise, shape, dimension, they're similar, right? Like, if Deron Payne leaves or if we get a, uh, you know, we're going to get another defensive tackle, some rotational piece. Like I want it to be like, you know, one of those large mammoth space eaters, like somebody who's like a half a continent big. Like, yeah. Like somebody who, I mean, they have their own area code and it takes two people to try to block them. Like I want one of those dudes. So you're thinking like three, four nose tackle type. Exactly, Washington. Yeah. I, I want him next to Jonathan. Knighton. Yeah. It, it, it'll make Jonathan Allen better or Deron Payne, whoever is lined up next to him, that much yeah. better. I would like, say that Ron is a position flex guy, and that's a two-down yeah. player that you're talking about. So that's that would be my one poo-poo to that. But look, a, a giant uh, you know, sausage-eating dude in the middle would be fantastic. I have no, no problem with it at all. Like I but, think that would just help so much. Uh, the last question we, we kind of got a um, we we got it answered this week is why hasn't JD McKissick been re-signed? Um, he was a big piece of our offense. We let him walk away. Obviously, we re-signed him. But guys, what what were your thoughts though when we first uh, thought JD was uh, was heading to Buffalo? That was a weird situation. It was like they were like we thought we'd get to counter offer. Well. Maybe just make an offer. Right. They don't yes. wait to counter. Just be like, well, or tell him, tell his agent, like, you know, get an offer and if you, bring it back to us and we'll match it if, if we can. Or do something. I don't know what happened with that, but yeah, it was weird. Glad he's back, though. Good to see. You. Good to see Me him too. back. Ellie, what do you think? Um, who was that question from, by the way? Oh, uh, David Lichtenstein. It's at Lichtenstein NWF on Twitter. Oh, that's my dude, too. So look. I think that when, or no, I think, but when they announced that McKissick was going to Buffalo, I was really upset because yes, running backs are replaceable. And I know a lot of Twitter said, oh, we'll just stick Curtis Samuel back there. Curtis Samuel's not pass blocking on third down for you. So Curtis Samuel being in the game is a tell for the defense of exactly what you're about to do. And You've never seen Curtis Samuel take the number of snaps that McKissick has during the season at that position. It is a different thing being a running back than it is as a wide receiver flex into the backfield. It is a completely different thing. Just like it's different being a wide receiver versus a running back flexed out to the slot. It's a whole different ball game when you're doing it full time. I'm glad he's back. He's one of our most intelligent players on the field. He is a difference maker for this offense, especially with the vertical situations. Now, the question is what Eric said last week is, is Carson Wentz going to get the running backs involved because he likes to push the ball down the field? Uh, is that going to limit some of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that going to limit McKissick a little bit? I don't care. I'm glad he's here. It's not my money. Let's ball out. Yeah. No. Has he had a pass catching back at that level? Hmm. Like I know he had Hines in in, in Indy, which he was he was pretty good the year before. Yeah, not so cool. much. He had Sproles for like a year. Did he have Sproles? Was Sproles there when Lynx was there? Maybe. He, yeah, you might be right. It was it like was old, it was old Sproles though. It was yeah, uh, yes. thirty-seven year old Sproles. Yep. 
No, I agree uh, with you guys. I think J.D. McKissick is a veteran. He is smart. He's going to be able to sit there and tell Wentz, hey, this is what we're supposed to do in this offense uh, on a certain play or something like that if Wentz doesn't know. Or, I mean, he, you know, um, McKissick being in this offense now can tell Wentz, hey, no one's going to pay attention to me. I'll be out in the flat on this particular play. Just toss it to me. I can I can get us a touchdown because he's done it before. So I think his his knowledge, um, you know, will be valuable to Wentz. So it, it may not necessarily come in the form of uh, you know JD getting you know eighty touch or eighty catches or something like that this year, but uh, I think his uh, his his uh, his impact will be felt, especially uh, Carson. So I think uh, glad to have him back. That yeah, I think McKissick has more than the ability to be a check down like most backs are because Carson's not going to be checking down, but you can get him involved in like an actual, like you can make him a, a, a primary receiver on a lot of plays too. It's not you just, mean, he's not just standing there waiting for to be checked down JD. So you mean like how we, we had asked on the pod to have him in the slot in those, uh you know, last season, <laughs> even, even out of the backfield, you can have him. Yeah. He, 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 would, yeah. Require Scott to do things differently. Maybe. I don't know, but. Exactly. Like, please, we'll see. Isaac in the slot. That'd be great. But that's uh, well, that's all the questions that I had. Uh, that yeah, I got. What, one of the things that McKissick does really well is that wheel route out of the backfield. He did that against the Giants yep. in that game on Monday night, and really got a huge play on that. So I think you'll see more of that too. Um, look, it's and, and to McKissick and everybody else, it's it's not solely just the player; it's talent. It's hard in this league to win if you're constantly letting talent walk out of the door, especially when you're a seven and ten team. We've been seven and ten or thereabout for a while, and it's getting old. And as you lose talent, you have to replace it with better talent. So why not keep the good talent that we have? I know we talked about bottom of the roster guys, but talent like JD McKissick, those guys should be here. He should be here because he makes us better every time he's on the field. You don't want to just let those guys go. They're not that replaceable. It's not like we're talking about Pat- Patterson's a different conversation. You can let Patterson go and you can get another Patterson tomorrow in the draft if you want to. But guys like McKissick, who have a very special role, you want to be here. Um, Eric, final thoughts. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not opposed to the current offseason uh, strategy, but it's not my favorite. I get what they're doing. Let's put it that way. Not what I would do, but I'm not in charge. I got you. All right, Brian, final thoughts? Um, final thoughts. Uh, they they need to move faster, uh, and I don't mean uh, sign guys faster. I need They need to make decisions quicker. If they're going to extend somebody, extend them. Don't wait till the clock runs out. Oh, yeah, J.D. McKissick will give you an offer. You should have offered him right from the start because you even said publicly he means a lot to our offense. Well, if he means a lot, then show him. Offer him the contract. If he chooses to turn it down, okay you offered, but don't not offer him. And then when he decides, uh, you know, to get on a plane to leave, you, you come chasing him down the runway, make faster decisions, make better decisions. Also cut your losses. Hey, if, um, if you have a player in the last year of their deal and they're not willing to negotiate with you, move on, trade them, move on, find their replacement, draft their replacement. Don't uh, hold out hope that they'll change their mind and uh, a magical season will bring them back to the negotiating table. Make better decisions, make faster decisions, um, hopefully uh, here moving forward. Um, I thought you, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Scott Turner and his 10-year uh, extension that you just got. Yeah, I'm going to give you two minutes on ten Scott years. Turner. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years. 10 years. It's not 10 years. I'm well, gonna, I, I am going to get into that. But one thing I want to say you know, about McKissick, there are tools that we can use as a franchise to not let it come to that. You can, you can tender somebody, you know what I mean? And, and offer them something that the other teams have to match versus waiting for the other teams to set the market and then trying to match that. We went about that backwards in my opinion. Um, on the way out, my final thought would be Scott Turner's contract. There was a lot of debate about this on social media when it came out, he got a three year extension. Um, that actually, I think puts him here either beyond Scott or beyond Ron Rivera or Ron Rivera had a six-year deal and nobody knew it, one or the other. But so I want to make this real clear, right? I feel like there was absolutely no reason to give Scott Turner a contract extension. It just didn't need to happen. Um, it's That's not an indictment to say that Scott Turner can't be a good coordinator or that you don't want him for the future. If Ron wants him for the future, you can always extend him after the season. 
And your concern cannot be, oh, well, he might become a head coach because guess what? If he gets head coach interviews, he's going anyway. You can't stop that in the NFL. It's a bad look as a franchise to prevent coordinators from getting head coaching positions because it's all about upward mobility anyway. I, there was really no purpose uh, to, to extend him this soon because you have a year where you can see what he does with Carson Wentz, your quarterback, the guy. Now, you have to understand, coaching contracts are fully guaranteed. And if if Carson Wentz and Scott Turner don't mix, are you going to choose the the offensive coordinator over the quarterback, right? You kind of set yourself up to have to make that decision. So I felt like it was premature. Yes, he, he deserved another year to go through with Carson Wentz to see if he could develop into something good as a coordinator, modify his offense, and bring us some good offense. He has not been good. Uh, thus far but his tools haven't been great either I do recognize that but his offenses have been 26th and 27th or 26th and 25th in passing and running respectively and points scored we have been bottom of the NFL so you do not extend that at this point you wait until after the season to see if he can improve on that I like it Ron disagrees yes he does wholeheartedly. <laughs> all, all, all I would he like his guys Ron likes his guys he does I just need Scott Turner to manufacture an opening drive touchdown. If we could score just maybe once, I don't know, on an opening drive of a game, that would be wonderful. That would be like we're like a real team. So if we could do that one time next year, I'll uh, I'll be on his side. Winston McLaurin, week one, first play, 75 yards. I'm sold. If it's 75 yards, I'm in. Oh, everybody's going to be all in. Everybody's going to be all in at that point. All right. Everybody listening, thank you once again. Like, subscribe, comment, hit us up on social media. We want to hear from all of you. Uh, Thank you for listening. Everybody overseas, please stay safe uh, and have a great day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's the best time of your life. We appreciate you.